homelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than human. God damn America you might as well say the most offensive shit as possible because we're still fucking listed as adult content for some reason uh, and they won't take it down so I mean if the like the caps there it's because well. we have sex on air I have thoughts on this fuck. are we recording now uh, yeah we are okay oh. <laughs> you want me to stop stopping <laughs> wait wait okay okay <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, say it. I think it would be funny from my perspective. Like you just decided you were done with Twitter, and rather than like just like fading off or quitting or deleting your account or something, you just did something wildly offensive and got yourself canceled. Okay. And you're free. What if that's what Kanye is doing? It yeah, he's the new Bud Dwyer, dude. It makes Twitter. sense, kind of. He's freeing himself in a uh, Joker-esque manner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't uh, care about your rules. Dude, Kanye would be the best Joker. It makes so much sense. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's right there. Do you want to know how I got these beats? <laughs> Kim is really Catwoman? <laughs> well, they never hooked up. But uh, It would be really hard for the, the right-wing fans who, like, you know, the, the, the Charlie Kirks and, and those of the world where they would, you know, they're like, well, you know, Kanye's our guy. It would be great if he was the Joker, but also a black Joker. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Obama did it for a few years. In there. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> Welcome to um, the Charlie Kirk show or Who's something. Who's Obama? I was say, <laughs> that was yeah, a, the Dennis Miller. Right wing radio over joke. here. <laughs> um, Dude, Kanye's turn is a lot like Dennis Miller post 9-11. Yeah, they're both kind of fucking lost his mind. Dennis Miller yeah. might, like, if you look, there was this fucking joke he pulled the other day. Where he said something like, uh, Al Sharpton's thinking about throwing his hat in for 2020. I hope he doesn't buy it at Freddy's Uptown Hat Store. And I was like, well, what the fuck does this mean? Does that mean? And I had to Google it. And, of course, it was like an event that happened before I was born <laughs> that was like there was a race riot in Harlem at a Jewish yeah. hat store. I was gonna uh, say. That's it. And I, I really thought, don't think okay. he's gotten anything... <laughs> Stuck in that fucking whiskey-soaked brain pan of his yeah. since like 1997. There's just like. a woodpecker on the side of his head. Is that even a thing? A is Al Sharpton actually considering this? I don't this know. This is just a neuron that fired. Okay. It's, it's like Al Sharpton will be forever for like baby boomers. Like. Al Sharpton is the leader of Black Lives Matter as far as movies <laughs> are concerned. Like, it's like the same thing they did with like today, like some woman published, Monica Crowley wrote an article in The Hill being like, oh, if Kavanaugh is so bad, then what about a little guy named Ted Kennedy? And you're like, uh, yeah. Ted Kennedy been rotten in the fucking ground for the last decade, Ted Kennedy? Like... Right. Well, I also think he shouldn't be on the Supreme yeah. Court. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they were like trying to compare alcoholics in some kind of weird pissing contest or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been in so many bar fights. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I should probably. Um, greetings, the damned. Welcome to Pod Damn America, the uh, goth socialist podcast for the <laughs> living dead. Who, yeah. What up? Uh, oh, boy, boy. <laughs> uh, who? Uh, 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 want um, to not die of uh, being poor. That's it. 
It's basically the theme of the podcast. Um, it's what it means to be a goth in 2018. Yeah, dude. It's just, you know, not just to be very mad on a subreddit Living that we don't know misery. about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shout out to the subreddit. Oh, right. Yeah, it's going to skin us alive. The subreddit of the subreddit. It's going to kill us. So, uh, Motorcycle Cumboy needs to explain <laughs> what happened to the first Pi of America without the underscores or whatever. Why did they, this, there was a one subreddit and then they moved it to another subreddit? Oh, I don't know. He thought the vibe was all wrong, dude. <laughs> like we gotta move this. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I'm just happy that we have a loving all this Reddit talk. A rabid <laughs> fan base now that both hates us and demands that we hang out with them. That's how you know you're gonna get rich on the internet, man. Very used to this pathological shit. Um, first order of business. Uh, multiple listeners sent me this story, so I feel like I should probably get it out of the way up top, as it is somewhat. Uh, related to our show and in one particular way. Stories in uh, Rockford, Illinois. Um, the man, authorities say, defaced the county Republican headquarters by spray painting the words rape and shame on the building, described himself as an artist. Oh, he is one of us. <laughs> and told a television reporter on the day the graffiti was discovered that the vandal got their messages across. Uh, it's all part of a curious sequence of events that culminated in one <laughs> Timothy A. Dam stripping to his underwear inside of a police station while being questioned about the crime, according to police. Um, officials had a conference, yada, yada, yada. He's been charged with criminal defacement. So uh, a guy named Timothy Dam uh, did this and basically got almost nude in the middle Damn. of the police station. I don't know if he subscribes to the Patreon or if he's on our subreddit, but he sounds pretty cool. Let's I'm for it. Him in. Let's the honorary. Yeah, yeah. No, know, we don't do that. If you want to listen to the show without paying, you torrent it or whatever the fuck everyone else is doing. <laughs> not doing the work for you. How sad would you have to be to torrent a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it's Dude, out there. Dude, they have those on, um, I think, the, the Chapo and the Cumtown ones. Like People set up mirrors for the premium episodes. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus, really? Like, I mean, I'm imagining like just some guy being like on a date and like, not even being like, I'm gonna play you. I'm gonna play this podcast called Chapo Trap House, <laughs> and then be like, Hold on, I have to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being into such a niche thing and not wanting to support it so much that you go exactly. out of your way to like to download it illegally when it costs five fucking dollars? Yeah, um, I'm gonna be late. I gotta download this episode of this Nick guy calling his friend a gay bug for the 200th time. <laughs> yeah, dude. I have an illegal portal to a bunch of old CISO television shows <laughs> that no one's ever been paid for. Um, anyways, welcome to Pod Damn America. I'm Jake Flores, and I've got with me Rog of Meta. Hey, what up? Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. And special guest, um, Crank T. Nelson. Hey, what's up, guys? From the internet. You From guys know internet. that shit. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm glad you could join us because it's been, uh, you know... A particularly shitty week news-wise, and there's this one big sort of looming, hanging story in the news, um, which we've been, like, sort of talking about in our group chats and at our, mm. you know, various meetings of the mind here at the show. And uh, I think that, um, you know, there are, like, limits to what your point of view can be if you're a bunch of dudes sitting around a table. Um, I don't know if we're, like, the types to really get into the nitty-gritty of this or have something really important to say. Um, but I do think that we could probably just... I mean, it's 
We could just roast the shit out of Kavanaugh. That's he's, what I was going to say. I'm happy to just talk shit yeah. about this man. He looks like he sucks a whole big bag of horse sticks. I mean, it's, he yeah. sucks. He sucks so hard. Yeah, like, even if this didn't happen, I'd be like, oh, I fucking hate you. More than I hate, like, the other, like, John Roberts, who seems just like a weird fucking robot and shit. But, like... Well, there's a whole cast of characters I that I learned about this Kavanaugh. week. I know Brett Kavanaugh. I've known those guys my whole life. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he's fired me before. That guy yeah. fired me from... Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, That's... like, the embodiment of so many shitty people. Actually, I would like to challenge Brett Kavanaugh. Fight me. I want to challenge him to a game Come to New York Get City and fight me. <laughs> I will endorse you if you win. Because... Crank up some UB40. <laughs> <laughs> I want to challenge him to a one-on-one game of Circle of Death, that like frat party game where you um you have to pour a bunch of different like empty beer cans into a bucket and the loser like drinks it. You guys ever play that? Just me. We'll I challenge it. him to Devil's Triangle. That's what I do. <laughs> we'll we'll get into Kevin on in a minute, but um. Couple of orders of business up top. Um, first and foremost, this news just kind of dropped. Um, fucking uh, d- damn boy, come boy uh, extraordinaire, d- Mr. Jeff Bezos caved to. Um, I don't know. Us. To we us. did an episode on Amazon last week. <laughs> yeah. His news broke. He heard the episode. Yeah. Eat shit, Jeff. <laughs> there. I'm sure there's some algorithm that gives every. A podcast that mentions Amazon, a, a feed to him or one of his friends. I like that he's just like one of those like name search guys. Yeah. Like I, uh, oh yeah, he's got Google alerts. I yeah. went on Instagram today to see if I could find the curvy wife guy back in the news because <laughs> he's like threatening to sue Babe.net for saying that his book reads like the Unabomber manifesto, <laughs> which like. He what a great fucking sentence. wishes. That's, yeah, he that makes wishes. me want to buy it. It read like the Unabomber Manifesto. It reads like Rupee Carr to a cower or whatever, tried to write long form. Yeah, the Unabomber Manifesto inspired people. Yeah, man. Yeah, was he talking about leftists and shit? But regardless, <laughs> my leftist curvy wife. I tried to find this guy on, on Instagram where I've never, I just started an Instagram for Krang like a couple weeks ago, never posted anything about this guy, and it turns out I'm blocked. <laughs> and I go on and I'm like, well, I've only tweeted about him like three times. And, like, each one was obviously just roasting the fuck out of him. And he was blocking me on Twitter, too. So he's on Twitter name-searching himself and then cross-blocking on different platforms <laughs> your other accounts if he finds his name. These that's guys so, are just like, like, I like um, to imagine that Jeff... This is a long way around of saying that that's also what Jeff Bezos is doing. All of these shitty old dudes are just like um, uh, Ozymandias sitting in front of that wall of TVs, but it's just for people making fun of them. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like that scene in The Dark Knight where, like, uh, Alfred's like, this is... Or a Morgan Freeman character's like, yeah, this is too much, but it just has to know everything <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned that about the curvy way it's like he came to school and ever someone just warned him about all the mean people on twitter and it's like yeah that's krang he's gonna yell at you <laughs> <laughs> he's like also man you know he's threatening to sue, sue someone over a bad review of his book which is like you got to imagine that he's, like, consumed by this fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I think, for me personally, it's just, I don't read any criticism or anything. I fuck critics. Like, and, and you know, I think it's probably, like, either you can handle the criticism or you can't. But, like, it's weird that there's this whole segment of people which ranges from, like, fucking John Podhoritz to the curvy wife guy. <laughs> and like they find themselves brothers in arms of being very mad that they get like mean people online. 
I was. I got my first criticism uh, last week. I was very excited. It was Ever? Uh, yes. Is it because you're very just supportive parents? <laughs> Is it because you have a girlfriend now? Yeah. <laughs> they were jealous of her. Uh, no, I. So an uh, autism blogger in Scotland saw the show. Didn't like it. What's an autism blogger? Uh, uh, somebody blog- a blogger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he accused me of, of saying I have get laid all the time, which I do not say in the show. So right there. He accused you of that? Yeah, he like he misheard the show and uh, accused. Yeah, well, I'll post it or something. But I was very happy. I was very pleased. That he bought like a ticket to it's Dummy. Hey, he's a fan. <laughs> he's <laughs> listening yeah. to every fucking show. I'll take show. it. He bought a ticket to Dummy, and then like one of those like cartoonish turns of events, he walked into <laughs> the wrong theater, and it was like Pauly Shore, <laughs> and he was like, "This isn't about autism at all." <laughs> People said it was. Has it was, anybody seen the Netflix show about like the autistic? Team uh, trying fuck to date. That show. What do you think about it? I what? It. What is it? As, as All I can think about is it's got that episode. guy as the dad. The, what's his name? Oh, uh, Michael. Uh, Michael Rappaport. Rappaport. Yeah. Rappaport. What? That's yeah. his dad. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of touching. He's it's like weird. a mechanic, and but they have like a huge house in California. And He's a really good mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, Son, could you stop taking my car apart and putting it back together? (laughs) (laughs) No, that show, there's a really good article about how that show just kind of reinforces the idea that autism just means you're a misogynistic jerk, basically. Uh, I, I could only get through one episode, but... Anyway, yeah. Do you find it's like when uh, when they make a TV show about stand-up comedy and you watch it and you're like, you're getting all the details wrong. Yeah, so that always bothers me. Right. Leave the yeah. autism commentary to the bloggers. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the takeaway here. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of John Podoritz, just a little while ago, a uh, friend of the show, Catherine Kruger, tweeted at John Podoritz, John, I have to ask, have you ever been in a bar fight? He replied, No, you don't. As in, you don't have to ask. She goes, I'll put you down as a, quote, no comment. He goes, okay, Miss Kruger. The answer is no. I have never been in a bar fight, and you are garbage. Whoa. Oh. Wow, this is the worst play I've ever heard. Yeah. He's yeah. so mad. He goes zero to 60 on shit like that all the fucking time, especially when he he can't get his snacks. Yeah, it's because it's right. blood sugar. When he wants crashed. his snacks. <laughs> well, imagine him. I'm actually kind of surprised by that because imagine him at a busy-ass bar on a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, he's drinking a chocolate teeny. Yeah. <laughs> no, John Hodoritz is an apple teeny man. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I, I feel that in, in, you know, kind of in my gut. Anything with candy on a stick floating in it. I don't know. It. I mean, yeah. I feel like also with, like, you know, these guys, they're just all, like, God, they're all such fucking babies. And also, like, a bar fight necessarily, like, as someone who's been in, like, a couple, and they were all deeply embarrassing for me and everybody else involved. I feel uh-huh. like every bar fight I've ever seen is, like, a bunch of guys who are too drunk to be fighting well mm-hmm. and are just, like, half-landing blows and falling over and spilling shit on their dicks <laughs> and shit. <laughs> okay. Like, what is it? I've never seen a single bar fight that looked like it wasn't from, like, a Jason Statham movie. It always looks like it's just a bunch of people kind of falling. Yeah. So, and, like... Yeah, so it's, kinda, it's sumo wrestling between people who are not that size. So it's and like, have very poor balance yeah. <laughs> within the, the confines of the space and their own their own intoxication. So to get into it, for anyone unaware of the goings-on of today's like uh, sort of Twitter jokes and the, the things that all these politicians and pundits and shit are sort of going off about, is um, the, the story that came out yesterday was that um, Kavanaugh, 
came, uh, apparently was he went to a UB40 concert and then got into a quote-unquote bar fight after the show with someone who he thought was the singer of UB40 and turned out to not be the singer of UB40, right? So for some reason, this is like relevant He's news. Just some British guy. <laughs> yeah, and all of these like Republican types have been um, sort of not not deny not denying that it happened, but denying that it's like a problem that this guy got into a bar fight at all, or that it's indicative that he was a drunk because that's what this whole like. Um, you know, hearing is sort of uh, about at this point. I used to beat up Chinese people all the time at Pennekin's. So What's the, the big deal? The line from all these people is like, what? That's perfectly normal. Yeah. And uh, to the point that um, this fucking guy, this ex-NYPD guy who has some, some podcast or some show named John Cardio tweeted, I don't know one guy, including myself, who wasn't in a bar fight. Period. Not a single one. Com- that's Omni insane. Yeah. <laughs> but like, or Donald oh, fucking a, Trump. Fucking uh, oh, for Romney, sure. Romney yeah. had a bitch ass doesn't drink alcohol, motherfucker. He doesn't. But yeah. Romney had a dust up. A disqualifying thing like out, out the gate. Romney had an altercation with LMFAO uh, back in like 2010, I think. They were on, they were on a flight together, and he uh, like there's somebody wasn't like moved their seat back too far or some shit. <laughs> he also got in a fight with this was fucked up. Some guy who had like a medical marijuana license was smoking on like a public beach in San Diego near like his beachfront house, and like you know, these fucking assholes are always trying to buy out the public beachfront. Yeah, 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 yeah. He couldn't. And uh, that's a Chris Christie guy, move. And so the guy came. <laughs> Mitt Romney marched out across the beach to like confront this guy about smoking weed on the beach. And like, tried to fight him about it and stuff like that, which is like, <laughs> that's what the original. Excuse me, sir. Right. <laughs> what a fucking dumbass reason to start a fight, like, especially because that's what that beach is for. Also, really hard to fight on the sand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, yeah, if you're sure. living in California and and seeing someone smoke weed is fight on sight for you, right. you're yeah, gonna yeah. be having some problems. It's yeah. like being racist in New York. Your yeah. life is just like a double dragon at that point, <laughs> just walking through like the suburbs and shit. The well, floor is lava, baby. He's like shocked ab- about like he's so he lives in such a bubble, par- partially for the Mormonism, but also from like growing up in a political like oh, and a physical family. bubble that he lives, yeah, in, that he created, yeah. Right. It's a Mormon thing. Yeah. No, but he remember his he fucks through the hole in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> One of his like I- employees. Uh, had a daughter who was who ran away from home like in the 80s or something, and he was so upset by it he went like to some to New York to like try to find her or something because this was just like oh unheard man of. he's like Michael Douglas in Traffic where yeah. he just goes to the black neighborhood to find his <laughs> yeah, daughter. That <laughs> Excuse no, me, I, young man. I will go where black people are. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, young man. <laughs> Absolutely no clues or reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just goes to Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so he's racist. Gasping. He's, just, he's gasping when he goes, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Toe for grace, help me. Yeah, he just grabs Urkel by the suspenders. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Where, Where were we? What are we talking about? Uh, what, but this bar, this bar fight. fight thing, because you, you're right. The funniest thing about this story and all these people, like, posturing and sort of saying, like, oh, a bar fight is like a run-of-the-mill, like,
like a you know the young man's rite of passage thing is that everyone like 99.99 percent of people are lying about a having been in a bar fight or the bar fight itself like when they happen they're a fucking mess every single time i attended yeah. bar for a million years i never saw a good one they're always yeah. some you know if the person is seeing it through their own beer goggles and they never even start they're always just like the guy bowing up and like doing that weird chest puffy shit and like uh you know pretending to need to be held back and stuff also gentlemen are supposed to take it outside are they not (laughs) that's true wait where where does a bar fight like if they're in in the alley behind the bar is that still a bar fight Uh, that's an alley fight okay yeah yeah it's in the know. name. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. I a guess uh, in a bar, an alley fight in an alley. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you would call a sidewalk fight because I've never heard someone say like it was a classic sidewalk brawl. <laughs> I've never heard that. This is a Kirk Russell a movie. A curb stomp. That's a thing, I guess. That is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I will say there was there's a bar there's a bouncer at a bar in Chinatown called One Six Nine, named Jimmy, and it's he's a good bar. I like the monster. Bar. Of a man from Eastern Europe, and he's a very good father, sweet father, very nice man. But like, if you piss him off, and he does, especially if he doesn't know you, I've never seen someone actually physically get thrown out of a bar, like in the in like the movies. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. The door flings open, and like, <laughs> I've seen him do that at least three times. Just throw a person, and like, wow, awesome. Uh, the quintessential That's cool. like That's movie. Cool. He's the only one who gets to say he was in a bar fight. Not <laughs> one bouncer, Jimmy from One Six Nine. Yeah. yeah. The quintessential movie being thrown out of a bar thing. The detail that makes it perfect is you you the, the you hold the person by their belt like the back of their pants. Yeah. As a way of like creating a like a like it's a, a weird swinging arc. Sort of yeah. It's like uh, kettlebells or something. <laughs> I will say uh, easiest and most boring job I've ever had bouncer at Sweeney's Saloon in St. Paul, Minnesota. You were a bouncer? I was a bouncer. Wait a minute. That's <laughs> what happened when you needed to throw someone out? I didn't. Did you like reason with them? Pardon me. Yeah, I would like. I would just present logic to them. (laughs) You would just tell them about like um. You defeat them with facts and logic. Yeah. You tell them about like. To quote Dennis Kucinich, (laughs) (laughs) some obscure Green Party candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Just read their life story. Crack your homemade pamphlet of Ben Shapiro (laughs) one-liners. Well, that's what people would bug because I was actually reading uh, Bad Samaritans by the economist Hajun Chang. While I was working as a bouncer, and people would bug me about it. Yeah. I'll just go home. You are like an onion, my man. You contain so many layers. Um. <laughs> and to quote Roadhouse, nobody ever wins a fight. So that's important. Mm, no that's guys. true. If you take anything away from Hot Damn America pull. today. Yeah, I love Roadhouse. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. I just like the, the that we're supposed to imagine that like Kavanaugh's youth was like um, that movie Barfly with Mickey Rourke, where he like <laughs> fights you know Frank Stallone out in front of the bar, and everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, cool," you know. Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting that like there's a subset of like the conservative like blogosphere and like media people like Fox News who are like fully on to like, yeah, he was a drunk ass fucking shithead frat boy, and like that's cool. And then, but there's still like half of them are like, you know, he was a virgin. Like, <laughs> right, like fucking, not, like, yeah. pick your fucking lane. And yeah. like, I think we all know which one he was, which yeah. is the first one. He's like clearly like a bar it's like fighting you could virgin. Still be that and a virgin. <laughs> yeah, and like, like they're not mutually thing. exclusive. His like upbringing of like the privileged like white suburban like kind of classic kind of upbringing of like playing on the basketball team and the football team and going to college and joining you know the 
you know the was it DKE or TKE or whatever Delta Cap Epsilon yeah yeah Donkey Kong Country yeah like (laughs) you know all that shit and like you know country clubs and all that stuff like we all know what that looks like because we've been just fucking saturated with that in the media as like you know kind of a a storyline I saw someone tweet at one point they were like this is how like like you know kind of iconic that is in media is that I grew up in Cartagena, Colombia. I've never been to an American high school and I know the pain deeply of not making regionals. And like <laughs> that's such uh, a good point. We're like we're so like you know kind of inundated in that shit that we all know Brett Kavanaugh's whole fucking life basically. We yeah, know because exactly the person he was in high school, we know exactly the fucking person he was in college and either we're lying to ourselves about that or we think that being some sort of weird drunk sociopath is actually like admirable. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I don't is, mean to go off on a political rant. No, but I agree, and I think that like a lot of these, uh, this the chickens are coming home to roost in this sort of like fantasy these people have set up because like we do all know that story because the yeah. culture that shaped like you know Amer- the American pop culture was shaped for so long by these fucking Harvard graduates and Yale graduates and mm-hmm. shit. They write everything that makes it through the entertainment industry. So like. You know, I've never been to fucking summer camp, and I watched uh, uh, hot, wet, hot American, yeah, American summer, summer, and was like, "Oh, I'm so." I think I I get it. I'm supposed to get it. It's like yeah. pounded into your fucking head, right? You know, and like all these ideas of like, um, you know, young men being like, "Oh, it's cool that they're like partying and they're drunk and they're reckless and shit," are like. You know, that was an unsustainable myth of that being a good thing. Eventually, these people are going to get old and we're going to start digging all this shit up. It was Pod Horitz who said the thing about, uh, I think it was Pod Horitz who said the thing. He was like, oh, you know that date rape scene in uh, Revenge of the Nerds? Like, in the 80s, we all thought that was a fun romp. And you're like... What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you did. Yeah. You did. That's what the, we're trying That's to tell you. There are people yeah. all along. You guys wrote the fucking yeah. movie. Remember the minstrel scene in Birth of a Nation? <laughs> <laughs> well, at that time, we all what thought that happened? was a fun run. Remember the curb stomp scene in American <laughs> History X? Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah, so it just misses the point of American History X. They thought it was a pro-white supremacist. Yeah. It was cool. He was young and he was having fun. It was like I, that, was poor, that poor family and like, guess who came to guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, uh, like I, like Anders. I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in like outside suburban Minneapolis, and like, and then I moved to Minneapolis. I went to school at the University of Minnesota. I was a reporter covering like the fraternities Greek life beat. And someone in like 2010 had like given me this tip that like DKA Delta Kappa Epsilon, uh, that chapter there, Kavanaugh's frat had been like covering up an assault. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I was like 19, so I'm like, sounds pretty bad. And like, I go to this like IFC meeting, which is the inter- like Internal Fraternity Council. And uh, they're like having a meeting about what to do. And it's an open public meeting. So I'm allowed to be there. And I get there, and no one recognizes me. So they're like, oh, who, who are you with? I'm like, oh, I'm with, the, I'm with the Daily. I'm with the newspaper. And no one had known about this. This wasn't news yet. So they're like, oh. Okay, we have to pause the meeting, and I'm like, why? And he's like, well, we, we can't have you here. And one guy muttered, we can't have people talking about this. And the president of this cha- of this council was this nerd kid I knew from hi- high school, who had like. And the interesting about thing about that is this kid was m- bullied mercilessly growing up to the point where I did fall, fall like feel sorry for him. 
And what he did is he got to college and he found infrastructure where he could just climb a social ladder Ooh, and become yeah. king of that social scene where he didn't have to follow norms or like have camaraderie and he could just fucking make rules. So he basically became a bro by applying for a fucking job. Like yeah. That's what he did. Well, that's what Kavanaugh did in well, a way. That's the thing. No, is, that's I, why Kavanaugh I think that... Kavanaugh was gifted Ka- into it, though. Yeah, yeah he was guy, also gifted guy, into it. Yeah, yeah. Kavanaugh was clearly, like, popular and handsome and gregarious. You know, Kavanaugh reminds me much more closely of... Do you remember the UVA strangler, George Hughley? Yeah. The guy, like... So that guy grew up in the exact same area, grew up in Chevy Chase, Maryland, went to Landon, which is like the, the same thing as Georgetown Prep. It's like an all-boys prep lacrosse school in suburban Maryland. And... He, like, didn't face consequences for fucking anything to the point that, like, at some point in college, he drunkenly assaulted a black female police officer at Washington and Lee University. And his dad somehow got in UVA because he was the star of their lacrosse team, somehow got it to just go away. And it didn't even come out. And when, like, you can get away with that, fuck. And I think Kavanaugh is kind of, like, a little bit more of a low-key version of that. And, like, he's, like, genuinely shocked that he's in trouble for it. Yeah, and like he's pissed. I think someone who was that like calculating about climbing a ladder, like they'd be very calculating about like knowing what would like trip them up and shit like that. Oh, for sure. Uh, like yeah, the yeah, juxtaposition yeah. between Blazy Ford's mm-hmm. testimony, who was like the most articulate person I've ever seen in in that high pressure situation, uh, and then like Kavanaugh, who just looked like Dude. Kenny Powers frustrated he couldn't get an erection. <laughs> he, was, was, yeah. he was fucking he Kenny looks Powers. Like he looks like Stevie. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, joke yeah. everyone's yeah. making. But he's Kenny Powers. Dude, right. It was the tr- like the there was almost like this weird dark like comic fucking shift in mood because her testimony was so fucking like heartfelt and real and if you have a soul and you watched it you could like tell you know what was going on and how important this was and how pivotal it was and then when he comes out he just comes flying out like this fucking like He's like a cuphead boss. Like, he was just <laughs> bouncing all over the place, steam shooting out of his ears. He went through, like, three different phases. Like, first he's angry, and then he's crying and throwing the word beer around constantly and right. shit. It was he fucking kind of insane. Phases I, I would do... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna... I wonder how much of that was a little put... I mean, the crying, maybe not so much, but... You know, some of that was for an audience of one. Like, if he wants to stay, he doesn't want to get his nomination pulled. Trump likes it when people are belligerent. Well, it's weird because Trump would like the crying. No, no, no. Trump was like, this guy's a bitch. This guy's crying. I love him. I love him. (laughs) Cry, baby. Yeah. Oh, look at those fucking wet tears. Yeah. But, like, I mean, for me also, like, he's, it's very much mirrors, like, when I was, like, I guess, like, 10, and I would get, like, red-handed caught with some shit with my parents, and I would go through, like, all these phases of, like, angry indignation, like, how the fuck could you think I did this, and then, like, crying, and then, like, I'm sorry, and then trying to be, like, a good kid, yeah. he's just fucking, he's a, he's a fucking child, also, like, they say, like, a lot of people defend him by saying, you know, Oh, you you would fucking be just as emotional if you were accused of such horrendous things in the eyes of your peers and your family. And you're like, yeah, he had like a couple months to get ready for this. Right. You think he could pull his shit together? That's, that's also not at least true. as well as the woman who was raped, right? Uh, almost you know attempted rape, the, but you know as, uh, he would be able to pull his way. She was assaulted. The thing yeah. about that, he would be able to pull his shit together better than her. The thing about that is that his reaction to this is the most fucking telling part of it. Because I know people who have been like 
it falsely accused of stuff and it got sorted out and like these dudes like during me too and everything like a person with any sense in their head and any empathy their first response is like okay let's figure this out you know yeah. i want to like be part of this and mm -hmm. sort everything out and be part of the fucking record but he's mm -hmm. so fucking obvious and that his first instinct is just go beat red in the face scream like a fucking baby and just go it's not true you're drunk too like all this crazy shit it's like it reminded me of i used to play a lot of poker and like you can tell if someone's lying if they're like you know, if someone's a bad yeah, liar, I would be a terrible fucking. You'd be like, you know, you'd be like making a bet that implies he doesn't have aces, and he'd be like, "It's not true. No, I do have aces, or whatever." You yeah, know? that or like the narc who keeps going, "Are you a cop? You have to tell me you're a cop." It's like you're fucking cop, dude. You yeah, bringing this up, right? You're not good at lying if you've never had to like really lie. Own up right? to it, yeah. right? I I think. I mean, it's hard to get in his head, but I think it's hard to, for him. It's he probably can't even distinguish this as like something to even be worth remembering. Uh, like I was, I before I moved to Minnesota, I actually lived in suburban Virginia, and I went to one of those summer camps in rural Virginia where it was like mm -hmm. a lot of military family kids, a lot of kids from like the elite sort of DC families and stuff, and they. You know, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be uh, a girl growing up in that situation. But, like, for me, that they kicked the shit out of me. Like, I was just, like, it, I was almost, like, not even a person. It was just, like, this is a fun little game we're going to yeah. play. Just, like, mm. you know, and they didn't think that this is a human being they're dealing with. It's That's what bullying is, and that's what these people, like do that's their pastime that's what they is fun for them and then it doesn't ever occur to them that like there's a another human being with a consciousness on the other side of that well she said this not, thing let's a lot not completely knock bullying all right come <laughs> on let's because uh, i think the issue there is that it's punching down i think that you know these fucking ghouls that we're talking about right now kavanaugh and co deserve to be bullied for the rest of their fucking lives like yeah. I don't. I don't want to knock the the hallowed institution of bullying completely. <laughs> but well, I mean, I mean, the motherfucker's gonna get confirmed. You know he is. I don't think that we're capable of bullying him though. Because the thing is, they keep saying they keep claiming like we're being bullied, but that's not how fucking bullying works. Like bullying is, and I don't like You're this, being criticized. I don't like this all. like language. I think it's really reductive and it fucks with comedy a lot. But le bullying literally is like crowding around someone and punching down it's like right. from a position of power yeah. if you're like you're about to be seated on the su fucking supreme court you're like one of the most powerful people you, you don't can't get to be bullied, bullied. Yeah, you cannot right. possibly be, be bullied we well, could throw fucking milkshakes at you shit all day you still have more money Scalia than yeah. was bullied yeah, so I guess, I guess, if he get the job it's saying he's gonna be destitute and fucking homeless especially now that like assholes raised five hundred thousand dollars for him on GoFundMe. yeah yeah and well, it's just like he's, he's still gonna be making you know three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year live in a million dollar house Go to a nice country club, have two kids at private school, go on vacation to you know the fucking Eastern Shore in Cape Cod every right. year. Like, yeah, I mean the the point, he's fine. The point I guess I'm making about yeah. his kind of bullying is like there are a lot of bullies. Uh, you know, I had a, my I, my kind of a rogues gallery bullies growing up, and there's some of them <laughs> who get into bullying because they have issues that they're working through. You know, and they they have a, a rough. Uh, life, a ho rough home life. Sure, Judd Nelson. Yeah, Dad got me a pack of cigarettes. Right, right. But people like Kavanaugh, it's they don't have any problems. They're fine. <laughs> you know, they they everybody likes them, they, and they just don't. It just doesn't even occur to them that that 
picking on people and like treating women like objects is fucked well, up. Well, so she described the whole thing going down and her like she's a fucking psychologist. She yeah. described very astutely. She kept describing the hippocampus, which I think is kind of interesting because like I the rudimentary. I'm an idiot, but when I was in college, I was what I was studying or whatever. And if you know, she's trying to paint this this image of like the reason that i remember this and he doesn't is because hippocampus is part of the brain that basically um you have short-term memories and then if there your if your brain decides that this needs to be consolidated uh and put into the like long-term storage it goes into the hippocampus right and so she's mm. kind of painting this picture and trying to describe because this was traumatic because this was so like for everyone else it was just a party but for me it was this fucked up thing that's why it's in my fucking hippocampus and that's why this guy probably he might not remember this because to him it was just like fucking tuesday like right. people just and he knows he's the type of guy to do it like i i never really blacked out i drank a lot when i was in college and shit and i and a little bit after but a little bit right now <laughs> right now you know. but like i i never particularly i think I, one of my saving graces i usually just fell asleep um, but like drink a little bit too much, smoke a joint, because I would always be smoking weed when it happens. I don't really fall fuck asleep. But like, I would know if something was in my character. They were like, "Oh, you don't remember that night you went into the bodega and bought out like you know 18 Snickers?" I'd be like, "Well, I don't remember doing that." But it's certainly within my ability to imagine myself doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got this righteous indignation of, like, ah, I was just me and Father Houlihan down at the church. We were doing prayers then, you know? Like, we would never. He's, like, he's so certain that he wasn't there. Yeah, best case scenario. And that there's no remember. chance that he ever would do such a thing, which I think, like, again, knowing what we know about his, like, personality and his background to be true, like, it's just no fucking chance. Right. And, well, that's, we would be, this would be an entirely different situation. I mean, it would still be fucked up and contentious, but it would be a different situation if he was just like, uh, yeah, probably. Whoops. You know, like, because the, the Republican, he might have even, uh, the certainty of his confirmation, I think, would be significantly greater if he just owned up to it. You know, and when, when oh, yeah. you look at, like, Beto O'Rourke in Texas. Obviously, yeah. he's he's done a lot. The things he's done are a what are you accusing Beto of? Yeah. Well, he wrote some article when he was in college. He apologized for that today. The drunk driving. Yeah, he doesn't. No. He doesn't. You know, no. try to sweep stuff under the rug. He's like, yeah, I did this. I I own up to it, and that's just yeah. a better strategy if you're. In well, that but position. I think it's a better strategy Beto for Democrats. But we're talking about different electorates <laughs> to be complete. To be yeah. like completely stark like i know people love to do that bullshit of like it takes a left wing and a right wing for a bird to fly but like this <laughs> yeah. would be the most fucked up fucking uh, bird where like <laughs> one wing would be like yeah it's just the right wing has a completely different kind of thing that drives its pathos and i think that it is like more important to them than ever now to confirm kavanaugh as a means to like assert dominance like because they've almost lost all basically like you know, uh, you know any connection, any sort of policy-based thing. Like they added 2.5 trillion to the debt, which, for the record, I don't give a fuck. The debt is fake. Rack it up. Yeah. yeah. But like, it just in the context Put it of hemming and hawing about deficits <laughs> whenever it's time to like you know expand a social program, but not giving a fuck when it's a military budget or giving you know trillions of dollars of ta you know tax breaks to. You know, rich people. Yeah, they like everyone keeps saying like, oh, why don't they just appoint some other Republicans? Because it it's this is just about them refusing to be denied whatever the fuck they no, want. No, and yeah. like the yeah. the reason that Trump, I mean, even if Trump, you know, I think they did some poll or something like that, and like the majority of Republicans believe 
that almost all of the tax cuts went to like the richest people in corporations. Like they know that. And they're like, but they still view it as a net positive because it was like a victory for their team. And like at that point, like how do you even like engage with that? How do you like, you know, and, and I think it's a problem is that like, you know, you have two teams playing by two completely different sets of rules. Yeah. And like, obviously it's funny, the Republicans would say probably the inverse. They'd say like, oh, you know, these proud Republicans are just trying to stand up for what they, you know, campaigned on. And the Democrats are using sleazy tactics like making up sexual assault. But like really like the Republicans and I know like a lot of people say this and it's kind of old hat. They're much better at being in power. Democrats abhor having to wield power. Like, and they're so, like, like insecure about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking yeah. Chuck Schumer says we t- retake the Senate. He's gonna change the rule back to a 60-person confirmation vote for, like, in 2020. So if we, <laughs> so when we win, is we're not gonna be able to get Senate uh, justices confirmed. Yeah. They straight up. <laughs> when I say we, the Democrats, I mean. Yeah, we'll see about that fucking Democrats. <laughs> when this whole yeah. thing began, their strategy was to confirm Kavanaugh because they didn't want to inflame uh, conservative voters to come out in the midterms. Um, before we finish uh, up on Kavanaugh, I just wanted to kind of make note of a couple things that happened during his insane speech. Um, one thing that he said that I thought was really funny that was reminiscent of, as was mentioned, Kenny Powers, but also possibly maybe like a Dragon Ball Z villain or something. Like the first thing he did is he came out and he said, quote, you may defeat me in the vote. But I will never quit. <laughs> he had this insane, like, weird southern accent going on and this inflammation and, like, spit flying everywhere. At one point, he mentioned, like, the harassment of, like, his family. He asked us to stop emailing his wife, which was really <laughs> interesting. Did he really? Yeah. He said that someone email emailed my wife? <laughs> yeah. I love rules. my problematic, I didn't catch that part. problematic wife. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing that really killed me is that, like, you know, he had said all this dumb shit. Like, we're supposed to feel sorry for him. Like, oh, you know, I'll never be able to coach you know whatever again i love coaching and all this really fucking ridiculous rich person bougie shit i'll never be able to take my boat out in public who gives a fuck right uh, but he said something that really cracks me up that politicians always talk about where he said um you know the worst part of that this is i had i had to explain this to my children like these people hate talking to their children so yeah. much that, like, <laughs> what did you think was gonna happen you know you fucking had to um but, yeah uh, man the, there's also this like Lindsey Graham became like this character from like a Tennessee Williams play or some shit. Yeah. I don't know about became. <laughs> well, the way yeah. he was yeah, speaking, man. Right like, now, he, he, d- he became a different point. character yeah. from yeah. a Tennessee. Oh Williams yeah, yeah. Play. yeah. Sure, sure. Characters. But like the like, yeah. you want power so bad, and I hope you never get it. Like fuck off, <laughs> fuck all the way off forever. Yeah. So, I, know, I think it's also a little bit late in the game for Lindsey Graham to try and pretend he's some sort of fucking badass. Well, he wants like, to be attorney general. He wants to be attorney general, and like it's funny, man. I think one of the most interesting things is all these tough guys. When Trump came around, it was just like all these motherfuckers were diving to the ground to lick his boots, and it's like resulted in them saying some of the most fucking embarrassing shit yeah. to try and win his favor. Like it is, as you said, audience of one, but like to the rest of us, man, have some fucking self-respect. Right. Have a little bit of self-respect, because you look like a fucking shithead. Especially if you're Lindsey Graham, who, like, was running for president not that long ago, <laughs> like, out in <laughs> anti-Trump, you know. Yeah. He, he, he you're Trump embarrassing his yourself phone number. Yeah. in front of... He tweeted uh, out said that it would be the destruction of the Republican yeah. Party. Uh, but yeah, he was a bully. 
Um, you know who said he was bullied, though? Who? Is Kanye West. What's no, like, so you guys all saw that speech? Kanye's speech? Yeah. yeah. You saw yeah. his uh, State of the Union so, or whatever? So, uh, yeah, Saturday night, Kanye West um, performed on Saturday Night Live. Um, it's really fucking weird. <laughs> Adam Driver hosted. He, you know, said, ladies and gentlemen, Kanye West just held his hand out and panned to the stage where <laughs> Kanye and, and Little, Little Pump. Pump came out wearing, like, these big costumes. Perrier and Fiji water bottles. Yeah, they're dressed yeah. up like a Perrier bottle and a Fiji bottle, and there's, like, this big screen. And they're doing Fortnite dancing. Who doesn't love a man in his 40s dancing to Fortnite? Was that what that was? Yeah, it was a Fortnite. I'm yeah, not yeah. a Fortnite guy, so I didn't I'm not get either, it. But I, uh, they just, they made I'm this, on the internet these days. This fucking <laughs> horrible performance. <laughs> And um, and then afterwards, we you know we sort of heard all these horror stories about uh, from SNL cast members of like how they were you know they interacted with them and they were you know felt like they needed to leave the room and go all hang out in the green room during uh, the end of the show, which is after his performance after um, he, he was finished uh, uh, you know doing this this fucking song with Little Pump or whatever. He goes into this speech and puts on a fucking MAGA hat and. They cut off the cameras. It didn't air on Saturday Night Live, but, like, Chris Rock was in the audience and took, like, video of it and everything. Um, and Keenan did an interview about it today. And yeah. Said they, like, just people just kind of, like, slowly left as he kept yelling. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, like, right after the thing that they always, how they always wrap the show up, right? They get the host out, and he's like, thank you, everybody. And oh, that was when it happened. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. During that weird, awkward like, part where everyone's shuffling around. Yeah, yeah and yeah. everybody's hugging, and, like, Fred Armisen is, like, weirdly talking to them. Well, he was, like... Away with they the bullied me backstage. And he's like, can you be? Can you imagine feeling bullied by like fucking eighty Bryant and Colin shows? <laughs> Where it's like, I am intimidated right now. <laughs> and like Kyle Mooney. Can you imagine being Kanye West who like just tweets like, I am the Statue of Liberty. I am the tallest woman in the world. <laughs> and then also be like, I'm being bullied by like anyone. Yeah, exactly. Being that much of a megalomaniac. I think the weirdest thing about his shit too is like. It's weird that he's gone this way, I think purely out of like, because people told him not to, and he's like, he's almost like he's doing that freshman in a liberal arts college thing where he thinks like, he's confusing being just obtuse and like odd with yeah. being like, or like obtuse and off putting with being interesting. Like or Andy Kaufman shit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like Jaden Smith. He's just being <laughs> weird. He's, yeah, he's going through a Jaden Smith phase in his 40s. <laughs> and like, it's, it's on top of that, you know, like, he just. He's so easily suggestible. Like, have you seen that shit like that he does where like someone will just text him something being like, did you know that the Democrats were the original anti like, yeah. you know, abolitionist party? And he'll be like, wow, can I tweet that? And you're like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Imagine being that intellectually uncurious, but considering yourself like such an artist. You know, he is like Kavanaugh and that they're both going through like shit that most people go through at like age 14, but as adult men. <laughs> uh -huh. And it doesn't make them any less artists okay doesn't mean that uh Kanye, well known, well known legal artist early shit didn't fucking yeah. bang and oh yeah i love that kavanaugh mixtape some of that legislation no. that, that uh, it's so funny did shit all he did you know he never tried in a single before he became a judge he never tried a single case to fruition in court really yeah. never that's the other thing like people have been like oh he's it's just so fucking qualified. No, he fucking isn't. He never he's legally come system where like yeah. he played all the game right, and he's supposed to get 
the, the promotion. Right. He wrote some memo saying it was okay to, like, <clears throat> fart in a Muslim guy's face if he's in Guantanamo. He, he was practicing yeah. tantric law where you never actually <laughs> right. enact anything. I mean, it's yeah. also ironic that he was on the Ken Starr panel. Oh, yeah. yeah. He advised Ken Starr. He's and literally, they were going after, uh, like, uh, Clinton for lying under oath about sexual impropriety. <laughs> and, yeah. like... Jesus Christ. A- NPR did this segment on it. It's like, why did Kavanaugh have a change of heart about this? Like, I don't know, because he's full of shit, you fucking dipshits. <laughs> what do you think? Um, but like, the Kanye thing, it's so funny and doubly sad. Like, one, Lil Pump's going to be, like, dead in two years because he ate, like, an old Pop-Tart or some shit. So that's <laughs> hilarious. But, like, I don't know. I As someone who, like, has followed Kanye for, like, half of my life and is, like, a fan of him. Like, I have, like, a lot of sympathy for, like, black virtuosos who like really break in the ma- and they go crazy like they all like most Steph, dave Chappelle, lauren hill all of them a lot of them collapse under like go back um, to basquiat like basquiat yeah, saw, yeah. It, yeah. saw it like approval from white establishment didn't get it and died julio white James baldwin drove him fucking exactly, nuts yeah. but like julio white used to be a completely normal person before he played urkel Really? No. What? <laughs> you that's so deadpan. I'm not going to let that shit, like, my sympathy override the fact that he has a massive platform and is, like, yeah. you know, spreading dumb shit fucking Oh, ideas. for sure. Yeah, yeah, at first I was like, okay, he's doing, like, professional provocateur, and this is, like, someone who was, like, really attached to his music and, like, the life of Pablo. I'm like, all right, some of this is horse shit. But, and then I thought he was going to do a 180 yeah. before yay, and then it was just, like, the most flaccid bullshit imaginable. It's like, oh, you're just like, you're, you are, it's so cliche and hack to say, but you are as uncurious as Trump. Yeah. That n- nothing exists outside your world. You know what really bummed me out about it? Is like, this week I watched a bunch of old Kanye appearances on SNL, and there's this one where he played, he performed Runaway with T-Pain. Yeah. He has like these ballerinas perform, like acting as this living art piece behind him. And, like, the song is, it's one of those, like, love raps. It's, like, real sentimental. Yeah. It's, like, beautiful. I love Runway. He made, like, incredible shit. And then you, like, if you were to, like, if you were to watch that and then just jump cut to, like, this shit where he's, like, it looks like the fucking thing he did with Little Pump looks like, um... On that Rick and Morty episode where they have to make music or they're gonna die. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Show me what you got. Yeah. Like they had like 30 minutes and they were just yeah, like. The way they set up that that stage too. The other thing was I remember when he did uh, Black Skinhead, there was like remember that fucking like tour set he had. Yeah. That was like that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. That tour yeah, set. Yeah. And then like this is like we're in a box and there's like a woman <laughs> behind us and we're in like weird fucking like carnival fucking outfits <laughs> like you know like the type of people you'd see at like disneyland or something like that but like for the vendors and they were like singing off key and shit what? no you know what they look like they look like those people who dance outside of banks or something like that like there's a <laughs> store that's having a sale on fiji water and little pump is outside being like come on in get some fiji water <laughs> yeah, like, spinning signs yeah they're spinning signs and it's just like i don't know i think he's like I also can imagine it can be maddening to like get older and get further away from the zeitgeist and more and more ensconced in your own weird bubble and then right. like also be expected to create things that are like, you know, as revolutionary as your earlier work. You know, it's I think, you know, for writers that's a really classic idea. But yeah. it's probably true for also musicians. Also surrounded by so. yes men too. Yeah. yeah, and I think he kind of ran into like an intellectual dead end because like his work like 
10, 12 years ago would have, uh, you know, it was about exploring contradictions. Like he would had that line about like, you always see me with at least one of my watches. Like he was reflecting on the way he's, people are trained to, yeah. to celebrate excess and, and, yeah. you know, uh, money and all that stuff and his grandmother being dying in the hospital bed like this is stuff that could have led to him like oh what's this world we live in what's this system you know but instead it just he just yeah didn't because he's so uncurious and refuses to read a book he just kind of I think also i mean to give him a little bit of break on that front not on any other front but like i think with the exception of like female pop musicians i can't really think of any musician who's continued to be like what we liked about them much beyond like 20 years like well especially the nature of like paul mccartney like fuck goddamn all of his solo projects wings like come on and like you know shit i think back then also when everything wasn't so accessible and in your face and there was like a very big gap between you and someone like kanye west or someone like a beetle or something like that they had a lot more control and a lot more ability to like uh you know, not embarrass themselves Cultivate and like image. shape yeah. their image, and uh, it's like very jarring now if you get like some minor fucking viral thing and you're on the front page of Reddit, and then it, you all suddenly have like, you know, a fucking Reddit page full of psychos that want to kill you and eat your face or whatever. Like, can you imagine like what it's like to just walk around as Kanye right now? I mean, it's probably just literally yeah. drove him insane. Know, my sympathy is very, yeah. very short uh, in a short supply. There, right. It's not yeah, like yeah. he accidentally became famous like all these fucking famous people like to complain about like the pratfalls of being famous and like first of all on the list of worst problems in the world it ranks like in the thousands yeah you fucking worked your ass off to do this yeah like i'm not i'm not pity at all yeah i just think it's a like a just a flat out neutral like reality no one wants to absolve him okay so megan garvey who's a she does a lot of hip-hop writing is really good Mm -hmm. i'm gonna just i know we gotta wrap up here but i thought that was really good so she's reviewing a yay here uh uh-huh uh so to see just cut it off there yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's all let's all jump out the window night. now. Um, so to Rap seek game, kill yourself. So to seek answers within Ye feels foolish, and maybe Kanye doesn't know us answers. Maybe we cared way too much, projecting all that genius onto a guy who wore shutter shades and never missed an opportunity for a mayonnaise pun. Maybe it created a dynamic that's turned out to be actively toxic to both music and politics, and maybe we should abolish the word genius or just find heroes who give a shit. But I can admit, after Ye ended, unceremoniously the third or fourth time I listened to it, I put on family business and I thought about the kid from Chicago who wanted to be the biggest rapper in the world, who now lives in an empty-looking concrete ma- mansion in Calabasas who has stopped trying. Holy shit, that's the saddest thing that I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking devastating, bro. Like, All right. So well, fucking sad. Shit. The concrete mansion, I thought that house was so cool, and now you've ruined that fucking house well, for dude, me. Dude, like, months ago, he took a picture of that, and he was like, does this look like the sunken place? And it's just these beige, empty, yes. vapid walls. I'm like, yeah, bro, what do you think the all. sunken place is? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also like... It's a rich like, person's house. I mean, yeah, right, like, you right. really see his head, like his disembodied head floating around because he's just wearing like a Yeezy, like concrete-colored cape. Oh man! This fucking terrible clothes. I think he's he's obviously doing like I remember. So I got I got nominated for a shorty award this year, which I didn't win. I fuck Jerry won. (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, no. To to the credit of the audience, shorty or shorty, everybody booed. 
Uh, it's like the Webby's. It was bullshit. Oh, okay. But I got like free food and drink from it. It's so, like whatever. And like took my girlfriend out. Free it's date, a win right? in my book. Free date. Hey, baby, if you're listening, I paid a lot of money for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, so we went there and like, there's this kid called Backpack Kid. I don't know. Like a he, backpack rapper? I don't know. He was there with Zach Fox and like some other LA people. But he's apparently like this 14 year old YouTuber who got famous for like, they, he just wears a backpack and he has these giant like like pillow shoes. They're like giant, like comically large, like kind of slippers that you're supposed to wear okay. around the house. But he wears them around and he's got a backpack and he does the uh, like the dance where you like swing your arms yeah. real fast like that. That he was like the first kid to do that. Wait, is he the one that went on SNL with Katy Perry? Probably. Yeah. Okay, because he went like viral and she like brought him on and then he made yeah, fun of Yeah, I think it's that kid. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> yeah, I kid rules. Oh, he was wonderful. there in between like the best, you know, like fucking Fortnite streamer and the most famous Instagram chihuahua. Katy Perry uh, thought she was like, doing that kid I a favor? Swear, God, there were all these fucking chihuahuas wearing like human clothes that are so fucking dumb. Um, but, uh, so that was like, you know, maybe like nine months ago. And then like a month ago, Kanye shows up and he's like, look how revolutionary I am. I'm wearing tiny shoes. And then he goes on <laughs> SNL and does the Fortnite dance. I think that Kanye just figured out who the backpack kid was. Oh, my God. And he's stealing all of his fucking shit. Oh, my God. This, right this thing goes all the way to the top. This, I'm blowing this fucking wide open, man. <laughs> Um, Fuck. Well, that might be it. My that might be the, on the subject. That might be what we got to. Yeah. <laughs> we see we contribute something to the conversation. Yeah. I hope like a, a far-reaching conspiracy thread reaches out from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the money. Yeah. Read Q. Um, that fucking Babcat kid is so funny because because Katy Perry like was on SNL one time and she like as part of her show was like I'm I found this backpack kid that went viral and is weird I'm gonna include him in my act and like she like brought him out and he just like flat faced did the dance and was like this is about me and then afterwards somebody, someone interviewed him about it too. and he was like so what do you think of Katy Perry and he was like God, I feel like my mom just dropped me off <laughs> <laughs> that kid's like a permanent teenager he fucking rules um, I mean, but he is a teenager. He's like 15 years old. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Total baller face, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we gotta well, get something for to content. All right. Uh, so I, we should probably get the fuck out of here. Yeah, um, I gotta bounce the wrap. Anybody got anything to plug? I I do. I'll go. Last. Uh, come to our uh, come to our show, paid protest DSA fundraiser on Friday, Mayday Space, 7 p.m. Uh, yeah, come to that, and uh, if you're interested in seeing my solo show, Dummy, it's about the autistic spectrum, mentioned a little bit earlier, it's uh, going to be at the Brooklyn Comedy Collective off the Lorimer L, Metropolitan G, uh, Wednesday, October 24th at 9.30. Anders is not Polly Shore. I'm sure you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Please try not to mix up the so two. Please it come because I swear Polly Shore will not be there. <laughs> Can't confirm that, but yeah. he might be in the audience. We're going to strict no Polly Shore policy <laughs> at all shows. Okay, you got anything? Um, so I was, I was saying to them earlier, I might as well just say it. We, I had a, a really just absolutely very mean spirited hit piece coming out about uh, Ted Cruz uh, today <laughs> oh, yeah. in Vice, but it had to, had to throw the fucking brakes on that train. Because of a uh, little bit of white powder that got sent to Ted Cruz's office earlier today. <laughs> so to whoever sent that white powder, I hope you are happy with yourself. You really fucked up my schedule. But uh, other than that, I'm, 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 I'm bereft of things to mention. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. follow, uh, you know, absolutely follow Crank T. Nelson. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, baby. I joined Instagram. 
Yeah. Follow Krang uh, on Instagram and uh, just everyone block Krang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Follow me, ACLU official. Are you still ACLU and official? Follow me on Twitter, my alt, which is altpotus45 Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it for like a second. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, you were cool in Tifa, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, got, I was cool in Tifa, dude, for like 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't me. I'm ACLU official. Yeah. That's the real me. Um, cool. All right. Well, so I have um, uh, some stuff coming up. Um, namely, if you are in Brooklyn or in uh, Bushwick, even better, uh, or in New York, rather, um, me, Claire O'Kane, and Ian Fadance, two other comedians I fucking adore, are starting a live stand-up show at El Cortez, which is in uh, the like the Morgan area of Bushwick. Um, we're starting a stand-up show. $7 margaritas. Yeah. It's uh, fantastic. It's fucking dope. I've done a show there before. Uh, people came out, listeners and stuff. Uh, I really want to do this just so, like, people that listen, if you guys, you know, want to come out and see me, like, I get asked sometimes, so when can we see you? I, we should all consolidate into one fucking show. We should just hang out. There's karaoke afterwards. It's going to be a fucking banger if this works out right. Um, it should be, like, a, either weekly or monthly. I'll fill you in on that. Um, but the first one's October 9th, so um, if uh, check it out. Look up. I'll put it on my pinned tweet and all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. October 9th. Um, other than that, you know, just hang out. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon if you'd like some more episodes. We put out a bonus episode every week. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. We've got a lot of really cool guests coming up. Uh, so keep listening. All right, that's it. Uh, the end. Bye, folks.
putting up with my shit just way too long I'm so gifted at finding what I don't like the most So I think it's time for us to have a toast Let's have a toast for the douchebags Let's have a toast for the assholes Let's have a toast for the scumbags Every one of them that I know Let's have a toast for the jerk-offs Gotta never take work off Maybe I got a plan Run away fast as you can To find pictures in my email I sent this bitch a picture of my dick I don't know what it is with females But I'm not too good at that shit See, I can have me a good girl And still be addicted to them hoodwacks And I just blame everything on you At least you know that's what I'm good at Yeah, I always find something wrong You've been putting up with my shit just way too long I'm so gifted at finding what I don't like the most So I think it's time for us to have a toast Let's have a toast for the douchebags Let's have a toast for the assholes Let's have a toast for the scumbags Every one of them that I know Let's have a toast for the jerk-offs Gotta never take work off Maybe I got a plan Run away fast as you can Let's have a toast for the douchebags Let's have a toast for the assholes 
Run away fast as you can 